0: You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Hello and welcome to Orange County's longest running business talk show. That was unplanned, that little noise. But uh, I am your host, Rick Franzi, and we have our guest today, Richard Metcalf, who is the founder of X-Quadrant. Richard, welcome to the program. Yeah. Hi, Rick. It's great to be here. So you've been in this practice, this coaching business. You've been in business for quite some time, but you've had your own coaching practice for a little over five years now. I'm wondering, take us back. What was your entrepreneurial motivation to create this coaching practice?
1: Yeah, well, the first thing is, see, little secret let you into, uh, I don't like being a coach. It sounds a terrible thing. You know, coaches, like every everyone and their grandmother these days is a coach, Mm. right? Mm. And it really gets used around. So, but what I love doing is, uh, and what I realized one of my gifts is, is helping people think strategically, and find the really big levers that move things in their life, and then figure out what is it in me that I need to change in order to actually make those things happen. And that's kind of what excited me. If you go back five or six years i was at cisco systems i was in a small team set up by the ceo of cisco to fulfill um basically rash commitments that he would make <laughs> to other ceos uh, in at and and you know uh, i don't know huge kind of cisco partners and customers and uh, generally we'd get the phone call saying hey can you go and do something in this area can you strategize turn our basic high level idea into something that would make make a difference in the business that would move the needle and that we would then have to mobilize people to do that together. So it was a great role. And before that, I've been a strategy consultant, um, which is also fun, but I got to a stage where I was thinking, what is the impact that I want to leave? Mm-hmm. It, um, what's the stories that I want to tell my children, my grandchildren, my great grandchildren, whatever in the future. And. I started to realize that it wasn't about helping AT&T increase their EBITDA margin by 0.1% or whatever I might be able to do. There's nothing wrong with that. I love helping clients create financial results. It's fun. But there was a deeper story that I wanted to tell. I wanted to tell the stories about the lives that I'd impacted the leaders who I'd been able to take to another level. Um, The people who have been able to do a better, create more impact for their business, for their people, and for the planet, right, for the world and, and 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 the markets that they're operating in. And so it was that realization that I, the results were important, but I also wanted to help people maximize their potential and that I had a gift for that. So that's, I suppose, really the foundation and the motivation for getting into what I do now.
0: Very inspiring. I'm wondering, after you decided you left the corporate world, you hung your shingle out, how long did it take you to truly believe that the business that you were creating was going to thrive? Um yeah, well, on one level, you know,
1: you might <laughs> I think one level you're never entirely sure, right? Always. There's always a question. I mean, like blockbuster video was thriving until it didn't thrive anymore, right? Kodak was thriving. So, you know, everything probably has a life cycle. And I think when I went in, one of the points I made was if I'm gonna do this then I'm committed to it, but nothing's forever. And so you never Mm. know. And I'm saying that not because I have any doubts and I'm totally committed to what I do and I love it, Um, but just that realization that things do change, right? That's the world we live in, there's shocks and and changes and new opportunities that that emerge. But I think the belief, there's a phrase, isn't there? The first sale is always to yourself. Mm. And I think, there was a moment when I was, I was um, talking to my own coach. Uh, and I said, you know, this is early, early days. And I said, you know, I'll know that I'm a real world-class coach when I've got world-class clients, how would Mm. you know? Otherwise that's gotta be the proof. And he Mm -hmm. said, well, Richard, you, perhaps you only ever get world-class clients once you know that you're a world-class coach, and it was that self-belief that I think when I kind of got to that point with actually, yes. I have 25 years of working with the C-suite. I've got this experience at Cisco. I went to, you know, I did this, I've got my academic credentials. I've got all these <laughs> things, the strategy thinking, you know, I bring something a bit different from your general, your general coach, because I have that strategic mindset, that tech sector and um, uh, expertise and that kind of coaching skill set. Then when I started to really believe that, then I started to see those clients come in. You know, some of my clients, they run two or $3 billion companies, other of them are record having record growth levels you know they're kind of scaling up their their businesses one of them just raised 100 million in financing etc right some of them are smaller right some of them are 50 people uh, but doing really extraordinary things in the world but and i think now i look at the client list and say yeah these are world-class clients you know these are people at the top of their game but and that was i think the 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 pivot it was that internal sense of you know what i can add value and that was the difference
0: That's really a teachable moment here on the Business Talk Show. Thank you for giving this, Richard, because uh, so much of an entrepreneur's life, in my experience, because we've interviewed a number of them here on the program, I2M1, is between your ears. Uh, People can't see, but on my wall, I have a quote that says, whether you believe you can or believe you can't, you're right." right. And it's attributed to Henry Ford. But it just reminds me that mindset is such an important aspect, especially when you're a solopreneur. And you're really yeah. depending on yourself for that feedback loop on how am I doing and where am I going? So thank you for that. Absolutely. So let's talk about your firm X quadrant. You know, I, I read that in, in the work that you're doing with these world-class entrepreneurs, there are also people who want to 10X their impact and influence. So I'm wondering if we could spend a little bit of time mm. with specifically the type of strategy work that you're doing and, and how you help them achieve these lofty goals. Yeah. And it's a buzzword, isn't it? 10X? It sounds like a buzzword. But for me, it's really
1: important because I've realized that not everybody has that exponential way of thinking. Uh, A lot of us, we get stuck in the operational detail. We get overwhelmed by all the stuff on our plate. We get stuck in what worked for us in the past, you know, our success formula that worked in the past. And we're not really focused on what's going to move us from incremental to exponential. What's going to multiply our impact? and for me that's the essence of the strategic thinking right there's always um, there's always something which is the criti- which is the limiting factor right the mm. weakest link in how we're operating and there's things in the market and in our business we need to work on but there's also a thing internally as in we've got limited time attention resources uh, everything else and and we need to decide where we're going to focus those and what are we going to address i can talk a bit more about that but um so the typical scenario is somebody will come to me, perhaps they'll say, you know what, Richard, you know, I'm a great hands-on leader. You know, I've like built my business. I know how to make things happen operationally, but I know there's more. I know I need to be kind of getting, being less directive, um, or less doing and more directing, you might say, right? Less hands-on and more strategic, more transformational. You know, I need to perhaps be working on that next level of impact, having higher level conversations, trying to perhaps... A spearhead bigger deals that our company's ever done before, or create new partnerships, or, or just take time to think about the bigger picture. So, those are often the kind of things people are feeling. And uh, I have an approach called the impact multiplier um, approach. And basically, the first principle is you're operating in a system, and so this system has found its natural equilibrium. So, there is some limiting factor that's stopping you from going further. So, let's identify that limiting factor. Second thing is there's four main areas that I would I would invite people to focus on uh, as a start. So I, I focus in start, first of all, on yourself and then your team and then your organization. And each of these levels, we can apply these same four uh, factors to. So the first factor is commitment, right? Like it's, it's almost the, the limitation of the heart. Am I truly committed to what I say I'm committed to? Do I really want this? Is it really important? Does it inspire me or does it inspire my team, does it inspire the organization? Is it it inspiring? Is it clear? Is it something I want to get out of bed for? Is it something which is so freaking important, nothing is going to stop me, (laughs) right? Uh, Or is there fear that's getting in the way? Am I a bit, yeah, I think it's a should have, it's not really a must have or whatever. So the first thing is to really get clear on that. Sometimes we're not moving forward because actually we're quite comfortable and we don't really Mm. see it's worth it. That's the first one. The second one is is around uh, attention, and that's really the, the the limitation of the mind, right? It's like, where am I focusing my limited attention? Am I working on the, the almost the easy stuff? I mean, it it might feel a lot of it, but it's more the the volume is the issue. It, but actually, you're in your comfort zone when you're dealing with the day to day stuff, and perhaps you're focusing on that and not those higher level activities, which are which are more of a um, You know there's 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 more angst perhaps they you know they're they're, they're scary they're new they're ambiguous you're not quite sure how you're going to do them that they're they're going to move things forward and so attention is really important what are i putting my focus on and what things are going to grow as a result so that's the second one the third one is action the limitation if you like of of skills and habits so we might have the insight in you know that we we know what we want and and we're focusing on it but we just haven't quite got the habits to make it happen. You know, when we're going, we're falling back into the old ways. We're, mm. we're not, we're not, uh, delivering. And so there might be some skill key skills that are our limiting factor or some key habits to build behaviors to, to create. And then the, th- the fourth one is influence. I like to say, we never have enough influence to achieve our goals because if we did, we'd have already have achieved them. <laughs> you know, if, if you, you know, perhaps you're great, you know, you can influence your, your your team but not your business perhaps you can influence you know your customers but not at the c-suite level uh, perhaps you can you can influence a certain level of c- client but not the one that's 10 times bigger uh, perhaps you can influence your uh your immediate customer base but not your industry or not your country or whatever it is so there's always a new level of influence which again might be holding us back and so i love to kind of help people look at that get a bit strategic and zoom in on what are the couple of key things that we need to work on that's going to unlock everything else. And what I find is when you do that on yourself and then you do it on your team and on the organization, it starts to become a quite a narrow to-do list. It's a focus. I could go on for ages, as you can see, but that's kind of like at the heart of it is being quite strategic about what is it where I am kind of pushing the limits of my reality.
0: So let me unpack that just a little bit because I was taking notes as you were talking and a couple of thoughts came into my head. First of all, is it your experience that when you work with these teams that through your process, the limitations become readily apparent or do you have to guide that discussion so that people can then see maybe the forest for the trees?
1: Yeah, I think... um...
0: People start in different places. Often
1: people come and say, oh, I'm just overwhelmed. I've got so much going on. So That's often the thing that people will start with. Um, so much so, of, you know, I'm writing a book on that. You know, that whole question of how do we free up time is so important. Right. Um, uh, just because it comes up so often. But there's always those those different areas. There's like the insights, which is I see the world in a certain way. Some things are possible. Some things are impossible and that's where i'm living and so sometimes in those conversations i'll try to mess with people's thinking so they Mm. suddenly have a new see things in a different way and new things become possible and that's an insight moment and that's important but sometimes as well it's like well we know what the issue is it's quite obvious Mm. but it's like anything else you know you might know you need to leave lose a few pounds or you know do some sport but Doing it is another thing, right? Building those habits, actually turning that into reality is a whole different game. And so sometimes the focus is more on uh, skills acquisition or behaviors and not always on the pure insights
0: yes knowing and doing are two different things and people can live in a known state of unhappiness but not make the changes they need to achieve the goal so there's a there's a there's a psychology a psychological aspect to what i hear your work is to help people to uncover this as well
1: yeah let me give you an example today i was speaking with a ceo um of a a space successful business about 500 people and um we started to get into his success formula, how he was operating, what the issues were. I won't go into all the details, but he got to the stage where he said, You know, you're right, Richard. He says I when somebody comes up to me with an operational issue, I love it because I, you know, I love analysing it and, and and looking at the data and, and helping them and I know it's not a good thing in a sense because I'm I'm doing their job I'm kind of getting involved and they're coming to me but I know I'm creating this kind of cycle where mm-hmm. I'm taking responsibility for things that they should be taking responsibility for all these things that you know I'm getting too involved I'm having to solve my team's problems they're kind of almost getting passive just giving things to me to solve I see this as a bit of an issue uh, and I know that if I created more space in my diary to work on strategic things and actually um, I know perhaps think about international expansion, where am I going to open my next offices and things I like said, I know that's important, but if I think about it, I'd actually feel guilty if I was to create that time because I thought I'd be letting people down over here on the operational side. And so it was interesting because he, he got it. He, he realised intellectually he knew what he should be spending his time on as chief executive. But there's that visceral, like, feeling of I know when I do this then I add value Mm -hmm. and if I and and that's that's a quick win I can do over here and am I prepared to kind of let go of that buzz for the longer more strategic uh, projects which might take longer to come into fruition and am I going to prepare to live in that discomfort of letting my team do things a bit imperfectly so that I can actually put my focus on what matters and it was a great insight moment for him. And and but it's not the end of the story. Right then, we have we're working on how are we going to actually help him in that moment address that feeling and make a different choice. It's one thing to know it intellectually, but then you have to
0: turn it into decisions. Yeah, because that's only a part of the battle, but that's an important part of the battle, which is the self-awareness of his own contribution to the inability of the company to grow past the size they're currently at, which is a great first step. I'm sure you've encountered CEOs and leaders who are almost blind to their own influence on the company in a way that's preventing it from becoming. It's hard. I'm sure that's a hard conversation for you to have with CEOs Mm. to say, you know, actually your habits are contributing to the limiting factors that have to be addressed yeah there's always a cycle absolutely
1: Uh, yeah I mean I always ask my clients like how are you contributing to this right (laughs) because we can change ourselves and it's victim mentality if we just blame oh our team aren't up to standards the market's not right everything else that's why I like to bring it back to those those impact multipliers starting with us like Mm -hmm. where am I getting in the way once I'm working on that it then becomes easier to think okay now where's my team where are we together as a team and it's the same thing you know as, as a team as a leadership team are we really committed to a clear and, and clear common vision? All right, is our attention focused on the strategic things? Are we working on those actions which are really going to make the difference and take us out of the operational? And as a team, are we able to influence the company, the market, and so forth? So it's the same thing at that level as well. So it's always this question. I call it strategic laziness. You know, don't do everything; <laughs> do the things
0: that actually move the needle.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Have you found in your working with these folks that some of them when they truly get clear on what it's going to take and what life would be like when they get that significant impact and influence that they decide well maybe it's not what i really wanted have you ever had that experience
1: yeah i think i i yeah, it's important to sit at the, ta- at the start to really sit down with somebody and, and go quite deep and find out, like, what are you really trying to do here? That's where that one yeah. about commitment is so important, right. because commitment will become a limitation. And it might not be the first limitation, but at some point you go, you know what? Do I really want to go to the next level? And often, <laughs> it's, often it's things like, well, but if I was to do that... I'm going to have to work even harder than I do today. I'm going to have to keep sacrificing my family life. I can't do it on yeah. my health. I can't do that anymore. I have to play with people thinking at that point. I was like, well, hang on. What if you could have both? You know, like, so what What actually what happen if your next level as CEO involves you having 10 times as much impact and working less? Because I believe actually when you do less, you focus, you focus yourself on those higher value activities. So but it's a different paradigm, right? It's not in their initial reality. It's like, I, I, the only way I know how to create results right. is to be working More. 60 hours a week or whatever it is. I love to say, you've got two options. You've got the accelerator pedal and the gear stick, right? Um, so you can't change gear when you've got your foot on the accelerator. Hmm. But most of us, we go through life with our little success formula that's working and we've jammed our foot on the floor. <laughs> we've hit the ceiling of complexity. We can't go through it. We're overloaded. We're max- our team, everyone's maxed out. And there is another level that's going to re- require a bit of investment of our time to, to create something different. But we can't see that because we've just got tunnel
0: vision where we're, we've got the foot on the floor. That's a great analogy. I'm going to uh, borrow that, if I may. I will uh, give you credit for it based on my learnings here. Uh, but I really like that idea that you can't shift gears with your foot on the accelerator. So thank you. You know, you, you've you've used the phrase uh, impact multiplier. And I know that you, o- over a year or so ago, you launched your own podcast uh, with right. that name. Can you tell us a little bit about the motivation for starting your podcast and um, what the show's about?
1: Yeah, so the impact its called the Impact Multiplier uh, CEO—is the name of the um, of the podcast, and it started off because I have a you know a small number of of high achieving clients, high impact clients, CEOs and C-suite leaders, uh, and founders and and owners, and I wanted to kind of start to share some of their stories, some of the insights that I have, you know, some of the ways that I would work with leaders, some of the the, the principles, and so we started off by doing a few series, few seasons where I'd share my own content. Um, and then we also interviewed a few clients and, and contacts uh, who are in the C- ceo position about their own stories and about their leadership lessons and then they, over time as things have grown a bit i realized we could perhaps merge those together so now i do a bit less of my own pure play uh, in, uh episodes and i tend to interview spent inter- interview high achieving leaders so i interviewed um um you know leaders of 5 billion Dollar companies with 200,000 employees. I've interviewed startups, you know, uh, leaders and, and everyone in between, and um, and I'm always interested in, yeah, you know, what's the intersection between that the, the, that person and the business, mm. between who they are and how they lead and what the results have been. So we've looked at some of the world's f- fastest growing companies as measured by the Financial Times, and we've interviewed those CEOs. We looked at CEOs who are new in the role. Uh, various things and I, I, what I do is I try to weave into that some of my own principles and concepts like some of the ones we've been talking about today into those discussions to kind of bring them to life with the examples that that the leaders are putting on on the table and it's been a lot of fun and I think it's, it's interesting because it really is like a show I'd say for CEOs or for people who want to think like a CEO because you really get into the
0: mind of some incredibly successful leaders. And that's a powerful place to be right because we can I believe in the power of peer learning and we can learn from the others others examples and um, and so much can be gained from that so I'm glad you've made the commitment to doing your podcast and I'll have to make sure to check it out when I have time let's let's talk about tomorrow for you with your firm, where do you see the evolution of your firm.
1: So a few things um this year we launched a, a ceo mastermind group where we have a whole bunch of, of really interesting uh chief executives from from the U, from the us and from europe mainly uh and uh that group's going really well we've gone deep pretty quickly with that group and, and we meet up kind of quarterly we're doing a, a retreat uh, in june uh, and, and that's going really well and the idea is there is each supporting each other um in that quest to 10x some part of their life or business uh so that's a lot of fun so the part of it is to is to really expand that uh, uh as well as the one-to-one work and then there's some group programs uh that we're looking that we're looking to scale out so I have a small team who support me um at this stage so I think probably over the next couple of years there'll be I think a continuing continuing just to work with those those key clients who, who are who I love. Um, and then um, yeah, I think just finding ways to make available some of that stuff to to a wider audience that's another key theme. There's a book as I mentioned, which will be coming out probably at the end of the pretty in the fall um, oh. around making strategic time um, and and that'll be fun uh, and see where, see where that takes things.
0: So, I invite you to come back on Critical Mass Business Talk Show when your book launches in the fall because you've made that intention and commitment. It's recorded, it's out there now. People yeah. have heard it. So, yeah, I'd be happy to uh, help you to achieve that goal. Well, thank you. About. Yeah. So, yeah. how does someone connect with you on LinkedIn or learn more about your firm, Richard?
1: Yeah so you can find me on LinkedIn my name is Richard Medcalf with a d and no e on the end um or you can go to xquadrant.com um xquadrant so quadrant with a q just like the word with an x at front and uh, if you want to find the podcast that's all you know the impact multiplier ceo on all those um on all standard channels for podcasts and i guess the last thing is uh, i have a series on this whole idea of exponential leadership right about the, the impact multipliers and actually about that journey that you want to go on uh, it's like a three five or six part email series uh, and a lot of people found that really valuable so if people are interested in that the, um i've set up a link for them they can just go to xquadrant.com forward slash critical mass one word, and, uh, and they can just read a bit about that. And that might be an interesting way into, into my world and what I do. It gives you some quite interesting ways of thinking about where am I being incremental in my leadership and what might it take or what might the barriers be in my own business uh, that I might want to put my focus on.
0: Well, thank you for offering that to our audience. I, I appreciate that. And I want to thank you for being a friend of the program and a part mm-hmm. of our business community here as a thought leader.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. It's been a lot of fun. Um, I, lo- I love what you're doing. I, you know, you've got longevity, right? Which, which is, which is a certain proof all by itself, right? That you're you're making an impact.
0: So long Thank may you multiply it. Thank you. And this is Orange County's longest-running business talk show. Your episode, Richard, is episode number one thousand three hundred and fifty-six in our catalog. And if you're an Orange mm-hmm. County entrepreneur and you would like to share your story with our audience, then I would say connect with me. I'm Rick, R-I-C, Franzi, F R A N Z I, And that's also my website, rickfranzi.com. And until the next time we have a chance to be together, I hope all of your business decisions will lead you in a positive direction.